Welcome to Vincent Price's House of Terrors, where an entire nation will be kept in dire suspense as to whether it lives or dies. Each one of these little coffins contains another news item, each one designed to inflict horror and suspense. A pain beyond all pain. You're on, and we are rolling. <laughs> We're zooming, man. We're zooming. Is there anything spinning, physically spinning? <laughs> no. I'm wagging my tail. I'm zooming so hard. <laughs> Somebody asked, what music are you playing in preparation for the um, second Civil War apocalypse? Oh, like a Civil War serenade for CW2. <laughs> My answer was uh, the search for life from Planet of the Apes, the old original version, Gary Goldsmith's score. Wise choice, my good man. If you get to hear that. <laughs> well, thanks for that, Zen. Amazingly, that actually did conjure up the mood of the movie. I, I would swear I could actually smell buttered popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> so what's happening in the movie is these guys are they're in New York City, but they don't realize it. Right. Because <laughs> everything's been destroyed. That's about as post-apocalyptic as you can get. You know. Yeah, did you see that still from the final beach scene online? I don't know if you, you might have posted it where it's got Bob's big boy instead of the Statue of Liberty. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> that was a parallelism because when we were talking the day before to Chris, and he had so many cool items in his house, you know, furniture items that he's made, these art objects right. and stuff. And it reminded me that I've always wanted a Bob's Big Boy in my entryway, maybe even turning it into a fountain, you know? Like, I always wanted a house. Always uh, wanted a Bob's Big Boy? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> ever since it was Shoney's, I came from the South, it's called Shoney's Big Boy. So, uh, but I've always wanted one in my entryway, one of those statues, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one of those big statues. And, um, Why? Because it's I almost so murky? I almost mentioned it. Yeah, just because it's – I like you, product. You like the over-the-top kitschiness of his perkiness, his, yeah, just, his upbeat, upbeat feeling, yeah, can-do attitude? It's like an homage to silliness. Yeah. Just, I like that kind of carefree Americana. 
Oh, I remember when we were in when we went to Vegas together, and <laughs> and and we both were looking at the cowboy, the neon cowboy. Right. And you were like, "Oh my God!" And I was like, "Oh my God!" Right. <laughs> and neither of us could believe that he was still there because we'd seen this cowboy, the neon cowboy, in old movies, and right. That he's, and we're like, "We can't believe that this is still there." I thought I saw it somehow in a junkyard. Well, that's what we were expecting. Right. I think it we were both expecting it to be in a scrapyard, but at that point, it was still there. So. Wow. No, I wouldn't be surprised if it's gone now. It sort of gave us both chills. I was like, oh my God, that's been there for so long. <laughs> it's like. And then, and then across from across the kitty corner was the neon woman. <laughs> it wasn't a female cowgirl counterpart, was it? Something like that, or yeah. Well, I just looked it up for the listeners, and I believe that big waving neon cowboy animated sign character is known as Vegas Vic. And he was erected outside the Pioneer Club in 1951, so he's quite a bit older than either one of us. And the cowgirl, you were right, was across the street. And her reclining animated leg-kicking character, originally known as Sassy Sally, was put up in 1980. But when her resident casino was replaced by the Glitter Gulch Strip Club, she became known as Vegas Vicky. And she and Vegas Vic, the cowboy, were married in a famous ceremony during the Fremont Street Experience in 1994. And to wrap this story up, I understand now, due to recent construction at that location, Vicky has been removed. And though it was originally rumored that she may return, I understand that the owners are now trying to find her a new home. Like, it's, it's weird not discussing the, the election, but I, I can't. I just... Well, that's... If, I, right? I know. Yeah. I was thinking maybe we could just do comedy about it. Yeah. Do you know anybody funny. who's funny? <laughs> I was going to say, all right, go. <laughs> if only we knew someone funny. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, got any ideas? <sighs> so real, so raw. Oh my God! It's so real. It's so raw. The uh, election. What or? we're doing right now. Oh. You know, I think everybody's freaked out right now. Yeah. So yeah. Well, your friend James had the best idea. Just go into the desert, you know, and. You should have gone. With I him. should have gone. I'm kicking myself. I just did not have the energy to. He wants to move to Spain. Yeah. Yeah, and he he posted like. Spain. The politics start with Bernie and go left of there. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's why he's going. <laughs> right. Wow. <clears throat> Good for him. I really was mad at myself because the day before <clears throat> he posted that, I had just, I think it was the day before, I had just become his Facebook friend after... I've been I've been advising you to add him to your friends. I had no idea. Years ago, I remember seeing a documentary at his house. I was like, "Wow, I know a documentarian now." Aside aside from politics, um, James Knight was a cultural influence. He showed me movies and played music and all this stuff that I'm still fans of today. He's so a huge mad. influence on my life. Right, I can see that. 
I thought if I had gone on that trip into the desert, I would have come out a different person. You, you know? would have, yeah. I would have. So I'm kicking myself that I couldn't muster the energy to get organized to go. He's coming back Thursday from the desert, and we might still, still may not know. Right. So. Right. It would have been such a mad dash to put equipment together. <coughs> I think it would have There's been. There's no equipment needed. Well, I mean, a water jug and, and food, and yeah. Right, and a sleeping bag to <coughs> keep me from hiking. I didn't have a sleeping bag. We don't need no stinking sleeping bag. I sleep on the ground with the scorpions. Oh my God, they're so nice. I had a scorpion in my shoe once. They love, they love going in your shoe. That's why they always tell you right, to right, yeah. tap your shoes out before you put them on in Texas. And I never heard that, but I, yeah. I, luckily I spotted him in the yeah. morning when yeah. I woke up. <laughs> it's like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm just going to just <laughs> tip my shoe and let you <laughs> gently fall to the ground and bye. Run along. That's interesting, yeah. That um, Talk about an alien life form encountering aliens. Yeah. I've yeah, that's, that's about as weird as you can get, yeah. Yeah, you may think they're nice, but you would have experienced a pain beyond all pain. <laughs> <laughs> I had a pet scorpion for a long time. Um, I've still got him. He's on the shelf here. I, I encased him in polyurethane plastic. And either he was hibernating when I encased him in plastic or he was dead and didn't rigor mortis because he could flip him over on his back he could move his arms he never curled up like a bug you know can we take a break worm in your water <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay we'll take a short break and the gray matter radio hour will be right back so i was going through old files of pictures and sort of putting them into different different files and stuff, sorting out old photos. And I found this uh, photo I'd grabbed of um, <laughs> Kevin McCarthy. Ironically, the actor was Kevin McCarthy uh, from Invasion of the Body Snatchers, uh, where he's pointing at one of the pods. Cool. So if the audience is, hasn't seen Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original, please uh, check it out. It's about uh, these spores from space who show up who arrive from Earth to take over, and these pods grow out of these spores, and a pod will grow like under somebody's bed, and then a duplicate human will grow inside the pod, and then the, the person sleeping will just disintegrate, and then the pod person comes out. And Invasion of the Body Snatchers was written as a metaphor for the McCarthy trials. I didn't know that. <laughs> And in the McCarthy trials, Roy Cohn was one of the architects of that, those witch hunts. And he tutored Trump in the uses of propaganda. And Roy Cohn had studied Joseph Goebbels, Hitler's minister of propaganda. And he tutored Trump in how to manipulate the masses in the use of propaganda. So I thought that analogy was uh, really accurate. In fact, it's dead on. <laughs> That the people who are counting, uh, asking for a recount are, remind me of the pod people. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just watching Fox News in general will turn you into a pod person. Right. Like, I thought I used to know my relatives, and now, you know, 
after 20 years at Fox News, I, I don't recognize them anymore. Right, right. Like, and uh, yeah, that movie was was horrific. And uh, it's an old black as, and white movie. And in, Invasion right. of the Body Snatchers. Um, uh, Morticia is in that. Ha Carolyn Jones is in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember seeing it when I was young, and it was it was really scary. You know, I think Stepford Wives was kind of a, a, a takeoff of that in a way. Right, right. Yes, it um, is, yeah. And it was equally haunting, you know, because you know people like that. that suddenly, you don't yeah. know them anymore, and they're saying shit that you don't understand, and that you're like, did you lose your mind? Like, what happened to you? Where did you go? What, you know, why are you acting so strange all of a sudden? And, it, you know, it's, it's, it's people, you know, people in your everyday life, you know, and it's like, what? How did you go from being someone I was so intimately talking to to this odd, exactly, exactly, abstract, per, you know, thing? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't understand reality, and I think maybe all of Trump's people just seem like that. You know, they're all deta detached from reality. <clears throat> on on a side note, um, in the remake with Donald Sutherland, there's a shot of Kevin McCarthy where he, I think. Somebody's driving and he comes up to the window saying, "You're next. You're next." Oh, really? So it's like a cameo? Yes. The the okay. original actor from the first film okay. is oh, still right. 20 years later, <laughs> running wow. through the streets yelling, "You're next." Wow. Cool. But um, <laughs> I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, I had one of my roommates in L.A. I just found out was like, okay, so the Saturday that Biden won the election. I start seeing posts from this guy showing up in my feed saying that it's uh, Biden cheated or the Democrats cheated and all this stuff. Yeah. It's so, stupidly, I click on his page. And this is a guy, I, I, we were roommates for over a year. Uh -huh. Okay, this is one roommate I will not be bringing on the show. Uh -huh. And so, stupidly, <laughs> I click on his page. And the first post I see is the world looks on to America, the world is looking at America in horror. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> With an exclamation point. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what world is he living on? Because <laughs> I'm watching the news. They're, they're, they're cheering in New York City. They're cheering in LA. They're cheering in Paris. They're cheering in London. And yeah. this guy is a photographer, artiste type guy. So, <laughs> I mean, first of you all, I think he'd notice. Where, if you're an artist, where would you rather live? Would you rather live in L.A.? Would you live in New York City? Would you live in Paris or London? Or would you live in Kentucky? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It is a tough choice, for, Zen. For an artist, I mean, I can't think of any great Republican artist. <laughs> Of my head. <laughs> I noticed a pod under my bed the other day, and I'm thinking Kentucky. <laughs> so, stupidly. K Kentucky's I, looking a lot better to me these days. <laughs> so, when I saw his post that the world is looking on America in horror, stupidly, I, I clicked the laugh emoji. <laughs> right. And, and that is all I did. Okay, right. and so five minutes later, now he starts posting human on type videos 
and stuff about how on my page and 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 YouTube's about oh how obviously uh, the Democrats cheated this election and there's huge voter fraud and stuff. He starts posting on my page this these kinds of videos just because I clicked laugh on his post. Uh huh. So then I had to send him a message saying, "What are you doing?" <laughs> That's yeah. bad Facebook etiquette. You don't post your beliefs on someone else's page unless it's okay with them. Yeah. You know, it's just bad etiquette. Right. To try to storm somebody else's page. It's obvious to me, now I'm realizing it, that he, he's trying to recruit people into his belief system. <laughs> okay. You know what I mean? This yeah. is how they do it. They, If you click on that video and you start watching – some random person on YouTube saying, oh, it's obviously the Democrats cheated this election and Trump is obviously the most popular president. <laughs> They're trying to recruit all of your friends, all of your family, all of your Facebook friends into their belief system. Uh, and that's dangerous. Yeah. <clears throat> and so I deleted the video and then I started texting him and saying, what are you doing? You can't do that. It's like, I don't understand. I just don't understand your beliefs. And then he says, you're, what did he say? You're a liberal wimp. <laughs> okay, so, you know, I said maybe I, Gandhi was a liberal wimp. I mean, <laughs> how can you yeah. be a great artist without being a humanist? Right. First of all, I mean, <laughs> I don't understand that. And then he says, you're a traitor. <laughs> so I'm a oh, traitor damn. for not being a Trump supporter. <laughs> Pod person, man. And then, and then and then he says, "Say something intelligent!" Exclamation point. Now, if he's going to be the arbitrator of what's intelligent, right? Uh, obviously, the only thing I could say that he would consider to be intelligent was something to agree with him. And so, right. you know, I just I sat for a moment I and did. I said, "I hope you no, did." No, I sat for a moment and I said, "I guess there's just no point in even trying," and I blocked him. Uh-huh. And well, I blocked him and he was a used to be a a good friend and you know what and really I'm not angry with him it just makes me so sad. Yeah. You know, it's it makes me so sad that the guy who is told over 30,000 provable lies in the last 4 years that he's going to side with this guy over yeah. me. It, literally the greatest liar in all of human history. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, except for people that are locked away, you know. Well, we don't know how many lies Hitler told, but Trump is – It's you, you can actually archive it, his yeah. lies. Some people yeah. have been keeping track. <laughs> so as far as recorded human history, he's the greatest liar in human history. And that people would rather side with him and believe him. Than, than listen to an old friend, you know? So that friendship's I'm, over, I'm, and it makes I'm me sad, sad, you know? Yeah, I'm sad for you, man. I'm, I'm, you know, another pod person bites the dust, you know? <laughs> another but, the pod bites the dust? I don't want to see Angels in America? You didn't see Angels in America. No. He's one of the main characters in that. That was a very, uh, it was a huge broad, um, London stage hit and a Broadway hit. And uh, Ron Liebman played Roy Cohn in the Broadway version, I think. 
Ron Liebman was great. If you ever saw um, Slaughterhouse Five, he plays the psycho Paul Lazaro. Uh, that's one of the Slaughterhouse I have, Five. Uh, unfortunately, I have some major holes in my uh, cultural construct, and that's one of them. That's a great Kurt Vonnegut book, and um, the movie was made by jeez, uh, oh, I love this guy. Um, George Roy Hill, who directed Butch Cassidy. Oh, okay. And it's a really fun movie, yeah. Valerie Perrine is in it. She's a Facebook friend. Yeah. I don't see posts from her often, but... Did you not see that movie? No, that's what I was saying. I have some major holes in my cultural experience. It's like a really sort of a forgotten movie. It may be so forgotten that it's even on YouTube. Like, nobody bothered to, like, um, (laughs) you know protect the rights of it or whatever. It might just oh, really? Be a public domain thing on YouTube now. Oh, okay. The whole movie? <laughs> Slaughterhouse-Five, yeah. It yeah, wow. Be, yeah. I'm, I'll try to watch it. There's several movies, like, you, you mentioned Dr. Strangelove, and I'm like, I've never seen that. I've never seen Slaughterhouse-Five. I've, You've never seen so many, Dr. Strangelove? No. I've, there's so many movies that I've completely <laughs> missed, you know, like... I, I well, missed Dr. Strangelove it was... is, I mean, it's a Kubrick. I mean, it's yeah. super famous film. Um, yeah. Slaughterhouse Five is much more obscure. It's. I um, never saw Clockwork about... Orange. So, oh, that see, that's another Kubrick that's super famous. Yeah, I know. I just certain things are just. I just they never clicked into my reality. I never was let, able to let me to watch let me them and tell you a little <laughs> bit about Slaughterhouse Five. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it's a based on a Kurt Vonnegut book. And the movie starts with Billy Pilgrim as an old man typing, I have become unstuck in time. (laughs) And then the movie cuts back and forth. Some of it was autobiographical. Kurt Vonnegut was in the army, and he was in Dresden when the bombing of Dresden happened. So it cuts to the bombing of Dresden, and there's all all kinds of things are going on. And the movie keeps cutting almost seemingly randomly throughout his life. And later on in life, he's kidnapped by the aliens of Tralfamador. What? Wait, and they're, they're the ones who've, uh, they, he, he ended up in a um, chronosynclastic infibulum, which is just like a time vortex. <laughs> and it's their doing. And he's in this sort of a geodesic dome on something that looks like the moon. and. He's like, where am I? He's like, you're on planet Tralfamador. We want you to... At this point in the podcast, the connection went dead. The podcast resumed a few minutes later. Hey. We're hey, back. You were, you were, yeah, our, our connection went dead, and you were just saying that you were having what kind of other problems? We were... Well, you... Well... <laughs> the, the, the phone went dead, and then... I called you, and you said, um, maybe it's Trump. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you mentioned uh, you. I think it, it may be, uh, that may be the case. Well, because yeah, uh, YouTube went off almost globally last who's night. Who's did? YouTube. Oh, you mean in general? Almost completely over the globe, yeah. Uh, America was... and Europe. Here it was, um, it was uh, mid-evening, you know, mid to late evening. It was off for a couple of hours. So YouTube went out. Your phone just went out. You said your cable yeah. went out. Also, you for- 
Yeah, the internet, all internet went out for about an hour today. And we were saying, we were speculating that it might be Trump getting the Russians involved just to fuck with the country, just to, just yeah. to fuck things up as much as he can possibly do that. You know? Hopefully we're just being paranoid. Well, it just it just reminds me of how he's trying to ban TikTok because they they pulled a trick on him where they right made him well, think the other thing an, ex, an extra million people were going to show up at one of his rallies. Right, and the the recent thing was Trump's voter fraud hotline. People were just overwhelming it with ridiculous fake voter fraud reports. But whether it's Actually, Trump or the Russians or, or whoever, the whole scheme behind these blackouts could be someone testing the vulnerability of these systems for some sort of future cyber attack. Uh, what point did I cut out when I was talking about earlier? Trial, explain the Valerie connection? It cut out on Tralfamador. So in Slaughterhouse-Five, the movie, Billy Pilgrim um, is on... He's brought to this planet, Tralfamador, by the aliens who, I think, put him into the chronosoclastic in infundibula. Infundibula. And so, and you, you mentioned the dome. Right. He's in the dome, and, and, they, and, they, and they're like, we want you to be happy here. And did you get this part? No, no. <laughs> and they say to him, what can we bring to you that would make you happy? And he has something like a Playboy magazine. And he sees Valerie Perrine's character in it, and he says, bring her to me. So they transport her there. <laughs> and wow. she doesn't know what the hell's going on. So she's stuck there with him for scenes in the movie, you know. And uh, wow. anyway, it's, it's a really interesting movie. We only got on that topic because Ron Liebman, who plays the villain in that movie, played Roy Cohn in the Broadway version of Angels in America. Which maybe you've seen photos from it. There, they made these huge angel wings uh -huh. that were articulated, that, that were all feathered and stuff, and they're just oh, amazing. Oh, okay. I've seen some of that recently, and I thought that's really well done. But yeah, I, that was you're that talking about years with ago. Angels in America. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> no, I have. I don't recall seeing them before. I now so. now other people are doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you probably saw something I posted. Not too long ago. Oh, maybe, uh, yeah. Some, somebody's somebody's uh, producing them now that you can actually buy angel wings where that will like open up. Yeah, they're really well done. Strap it onto your back, and I know it's amazing. Right. And I, I was thinking, is this CG? Like, it doesn't even look possible. Right, right. Yeah. Like, the way they fold up and the way they, you know, you, you, they almost become invisible. And then all at once, they just like come out of nowhere and spread out six feet in each direction you know yeah. <laughs> amazing and they they like they do different things like they pose differently and right you know, it, it was really amazing uh bit of technology but i i'd like to see how how well the first ones worked you're talking about they were bigger but oh really other than that it wow. was a very similar type of thing yeah cool <clears throat> so the the virus is spiking Again, oh my across, God. you know, worldwide. My wife says in Canada that 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 cases are going up even in Canada, and they've almost the second almost, wave or the third wave. To me, it's the first in the United States because we never got rid of of it. But Canada got down to almost nothing. 
and now it's coming back up again. And well, know. now Mr. E waves ebb and flow. So this would be the second wave, I think, because the uh, cases started to go down, well, and now they're, off, now they're yeah. spiking even higher. Yeah, I think I, maybe then. I don't know that they ever went down, but they leveled off. They leveled. Yeah. Well, I mean, okay, where I'm in New Jersey, New York, they they definitely went down. Oh, okay. Oh, good. But now they're going up again, and then right. I, I think across the country it's spiking now. Right, and I think worldwide. So. Wow. And to bring us back to our favorite guy, Trump is just completely ignoring it. Of course, as we knew he would. I mean, well, they, he announced they... he he announced for months at his rallies that he would fight the outcome of the election if he lost, and uh -huh. that's all he's doing. And he's completely ignoring the people dying. Well, he said he's he's completely given up his day job of being president and that he's just doing, you know, like you said, he's just co focused completely on re-election. And there's nothing, nothing he's not doing anything presidential unless you consider consuming mass quantities of McDonald's. <laughs> they say, I heard a, something that said that the stench of fast food in the White House is so bad that people can hardly stand it, like the people that are working there. What? Yeah, he's he's been binge eating McDonald's. You saw that? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't. Did you see that picture of the White House of the of the Oval Office with the? Uh, that I posted it. Oh, you did. Okay. <laughs> I, sorry, I okay. I just usually just my whole day on Facebook is just reposting what you what you put on there because that's it's good. always that's good. fine with me. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, but. That picture was. Did you see the the, the uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken bucket over the lamp and the? There's like a a dildo in the, one of the chairs. Yeah, yeah. There's just shit spilled everywhere. Coca Cola liter bottles spilling out all over the carpet. It just. In order in order for me to look at all the details, I would have to save it as a photo, and then well, like. It, magnify it to like look at all the details but maybe i should yeah you know i zoomed in on it to see because i it's like where's waldo you want right. to zoom in and see what's going on in every little and i couldn't because it's too low resolution but if somebody would yeah, post yeah. that at high resolution where you could actually zoom in and see all the detail it it's you could because the stuff you can see is funny enough you know and then you zoom in and you can't quite tell what this is or that is but there's so much hidden in that photo that are, it's funny. I, I think that you should take my last post and turn it into a meme. <clears throat> it's a small photo, but if you can find a, a bigger resolution photo of Kevin McCarthy from uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers pointing at the pod, right? And, and then he's saying, it says it wants a recount. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the meme. I mean, that was the post I made. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. The recount. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I, I started doing? <laughs> what? This is, so, this is so ridiculous, but I, not only do I block my trolls, I've started blocking other people's trolls. How do you do that? Well, if I click on something and, and I'm reading the comments and I see somebody saying, you know, the Dems cheated, or Trump's the greatest president ever. 
I'm thinking, okay, yeah. I want to make sure if I'm going to leave a comment, I want to make sure they don't see my comment. So I started blocking people who aren't even friends. I just, I click on their profile and then block them. Huh. And then I'll go back and leave my comment so that to make sure they don't see it. Wait, that so that other people can make... see it. The guy who posted it can see it, but because I, I want to make sure they don't see it. But why? Don't you want them to know? You because I'm not getting into it. No, no. Okay. It's over. Oh. It's, it's oh, okay. over. Okay. I, it is mm -hmm. so over. I'm not going to reason with them. Yeah. You cannot well, reason. Okay, it's, so what? If somebody has, has drank the Kool-Aid to that extent, you can't. I just, I give up and I just, you know, look. If I felt that there was a chance that seeing my posts would help turn somebody around, yeah. then I wouldn't block them. If they don't troll my page, I wouldn't block them. But if I see them trolling someone else's page, uh -huh. who's a friend that I agree with, I just go ahead and if, – if, if, if they're such a zealot that I know that they're, they're going to reject anything that I have to say, uh -huh. I'll just make sure they don't even see it. Because I, I don't want them, you know, uh, a year later befriending me or whatever uh, just in order to post stuff on my page. Huh. At some point, you've got to stick up for your friends and your family and your, your Facebook friends and say, I don't – this person is not going to post on my page because they just want to huh. share their disinformation as much as possible. In order yeah. to turn people into pot people. <laughs> <laughs> There's only one person. No, I'm, I'm going to limit their influence, especially in my life. <laughs> now, you know, I used to welcome. There's no point debating with them. I used to welcome, you know, some kind of debate with with Trumpers, but I only there only seemed to be one that would occur. Um, you know, and, and it, yeah. it was pretty. He's pretty – you know who I'm talking about. That he, guy? I know. Yeah, he he, he has two profiles, and I blocked both of them. Well, he befriended me too. And but I, this, is, this is what I did. I, me. I blocked both of his profiles. He, I know no, what you did. Yeah. He, he, he did uh, – so I don't – You encourage I, I him to I encourage waste him to time. Yeah. Waste your time. Because, I mean, for a long time I would reply to him, and he would always come back. And he was very reliable troll. Like you could, you, yeah. I knew if I posted anything anti-Trump, he would post in on it. Or if anything posted anything pro Bernie or pro pro Biden, whatever, he would post in on it. You know, he would troll in on it. He got very insulting for a while, and even then, I didn't block him. He's still not blocked. But what I did do, since I realized he wasn't really saying anything different each time, so I let him comment. All he wants to, but the minute I see his name, I don't even read the comment. I just delete it, and I'm like, great, and I encourage you to keep posting, you know, keep posting, and the longer the post, the better, and in place of his post, I'll leave a comment saying, this fool doesn't realize that as soon as he posts something, I just, all I do is delete it. As soon as I see his name, I don't read it, and, he's and actually, you're still doing it. it actually works, like he... He's kind of quit posting shit on my page. Oh. Yeah. Like, 
he realizes he's being ridiculed. He's being dissed and ridiculed, and nobody's reading his shit because I'm, I'm immediately deleting it. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. It's like, you know, it's like going to the arcade and shooting those those stupid stuffed dummies that are on the wall you know, <laughs> fall back with the crazy Bernie hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it's that it's that level of fun. It's like an arcade game. Like, oh, there's Bill. Oops, his name slipped out. <laughs> I know who you're talking post. about. Yeah. There's right. another post, and I just delete, 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 delete. Ding, ding, ding. Denied. <laughs> and finally, he's quit. He realizes the futility of it. I think. I mean, the more time he wastes, the better to keep him from posting on other people's pages. And then I'll just delete it. <laughs> but I mean, I hate being, I hate, I hate being censored or censoring people. But I realized it's his personality. What he's trying to do isn't make a point. His tr his point is to try to make you mad. Like to, to he, all he's trying to do is rile you up. And I'm like, no matter how he can do it, it doesn't matter yeah. if he's making sense. It doesn't matter if what he's just trying to get under your skin. So I'm like. Oh, he's just an asshole. And just like Trump, he gets off on agitating and upsetting people. I got one other friend that blocked him for the same, same reason, but I, I'm like, I'm not going to block him. I just let him post. He's just pissing in the wind. <laughs> let him waste his time. You've never blocked that, anyone? No. Wow. But what's limiting your posts so other people can't, certain people can't see them? I've done that to one, one person. Um, and uh, they realized I was doing it, and then they blocked me. So I was like, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so I hate that quarantine has practically forced us into talking about Facebook. It's so juvenile. But to finish up, I have only stopped one person from seeing my posts, and this guy has been an idol of mine almost my entire life. But he started finger-wagging at me and sort of, threatening our friendship for criticizing Biden before Biden was officially the nominee. But I, as I was doing this mainly because I feared Biden would l almost certainly lose, I continued. Thank God Biden somehow miraculously squeaked in under the wire, but still, I'm not going to be told what to say, particularly by someone who's willing to hold their friendship over my head as hostage. So I decided to just keep him from seeing my posts. But then, when he found out, he blocked me, just like I figured he would. But he had started basically treating me like a Trumpanzee, which is a term I incidentally got from him. And that was too controlling and insulting for my liking. I, I had also discovered some evidence that he may be deeply involved in Scientology, which in my mind largely destroyed his credibility. They like having celebrity movie star members because... That's the promotional tool. Right. And what I understand is they like, treat them completely differently. They, if they he's in it, well, you should be in it because you'd be right. like him. You'd be a movie they, star too. <laughs> well, they, they, they do that, yeah. And then, but, but I understand that they treat those celebrities completely differently than they treat the normal Scientology members. There's this show with Leah Remini who got herself out. Right, of right, I've seen right. quite right. a few of those, yeah. That's yeah. I, I, I've watched enough of those to 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 not want to see them, and they're so scary. You know, yeah. like her being followed around, and 
right. trailed by mysterious cars and people. You know, almost seems like the men in black, you know, like yeah, following yeah. her. So, not yeah, not so. the men in black from the movies, the real men in black. The real <laughs> men in black, yeah. Not so friendly. Right. <laughs> in the movies, they're good guys. In the real life, they're not. They're not the good guys. <laughs> right. Isn't that weird that they, they that that was a real thing? That people who would talk about UFOs, the men in black would show up and pressure them and say, you know, threaten them and say, don't talk about this and stuff. And then, and then that gets made into a movie where they're like heroes, like saving the earth and stuff like that. Y yeah, I think comedy movies, like somebody who's really traumatized in real life by the real men in black, and then, and then this movie comes out where they're they're all funny and <laughs> it's like this right. super funny. Fun comedy, you know, keeping the world safe from alien right. invasion, you know. <laughs> They're the heroes, you know. Yeah, I mean, the real life Men in Black, from what I understand, they'll say something like, you know, there's a, it's a big desert out there, and no one will ever find your body, you know. Right. Like, yeah. Yeah. And they threaten you and your. It's kind of like what they do. Right. They threaten to kill you and your family and, and stuff. Yeah. Basically, clean your genetic line off. The face of the earth, they threaten that you, your family, and all the generations to come will be erased. Must they be basically erase you. Must be very frustrating for people who've encountered the real Men in Black to, to see a movie like that. that. Right. <laughs> no. 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 They were not That's Wilson. not it. No. <laughs> they were a lot, a lot meaner than that. I'm surprised. Uh, uh, no. I'm so surprised there's not like home video of men in black showing up where people say, you know, right. but I guess if you exposed it, they would know it. And then you're wiped off the map. So people don't expose it from that heavy threat. You know, they, even if you had home video, home uh, video of them showing up and threatening you, you wouldn't use it because you, you know, what's going to happen if you do. So, I mean, threats like that, you got to take, unless you're an orphan, and don't have relatives, right? Know, that's why I think they like family men as president because they want family men in there who, who mm. have something to lose. I think they threatened Bernie all at once. He turned around all at once. He like folded for mm. Biden, and but suddenly Biden was his best buddy. And you know, I think well, you know, Chris for Hillary Chris Hopkins too. I mean, there's was talk that there was this cut on his face. The day that he endorsed Hillary, and and somebody was like saying, "Well, this looks like a gun. This looks like somebody shoved the tip of a gun into his face." <laughs> so oh. It's like I've seen these kind of cuts before. It's like <laughs> when somebody shoves a gun into your face. Well, this primary season, he ended up with the bump on his head. Wow. So, um, you know that. Remember the bandage, and it looked so bad, like. He's already, we're already... No, see, I didn't even see that. Everybody was yelling about, oh, he's an old man, you know, and, he, you know, he's too old. And even wow. though he's spry as, spry as shit and smart as a tack. I know, um, right? So he, much uh, energy. He apparently or allegedly fell and had this bandage over his, fa his head. And, it, and he would still go on air. And I thought, who let him do that? Because now people are going to be saying, you know... Not only is he old and frail and he's beat up and now he's falling down in the shower and, you know, it just made it. 
he's not a good PR man. I mean, he, he's got a good message, but somebody who's ever in control of his PR is a failure, a total failure. Because if, you'd, if he'd had Trump's guys, Bernie would be president. Because he, he's so honest, it's painful. Right. You know, he'll just say, you know, you're a, you're a socialist, and he won't even correct people. He won't even say it's a democratic socialist, you know. He just says, oh, yeah, he just lets him say it. And, like, uh, and the fact he claimed that he was a socialist is like, Bernie, you lost me at so claiming you're a socialist. Like, I, I'm going to still support you begrudgingly because he I don't he want didn't lose. He didn't lose me, but he, he loses this huge percentage because we've been taught that it's the same as communism. Well, that's why you know? he lost. That's why he. Yeah. he well, I yeah, say yeah. he lost me. He. I turned the other way, but still supported him because, I, 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 I just thought that's really bad marketing. You're going to lose. Right. I'm it's now supporting. Marketing. I'm now supporting a loser, and that's what made me mad. Not, not that I didn't still believe in him. I didn't believe in the the fact that he was going to win because he was just stepping right. on his own feet. You know. Yeah. Like you don't say that, moron. You don't say that. <laughs> it, you know, and I, I wrote their I wrote their their campaign over and over again. I said every time they'd ask for a donation, I'd say you need to tell him to stop agreeing that he's a socialist. You need to take the point of view that you know that he's an FDR Democrat. I didn't say that at the time because I didn't know. That's how a to better say way to phrase it. Yeah. Yeah, that's Chris Hopkins keyed me in on that. He's yeah, you know, yeah. It, but when he said that, I was like, that was my point all along. That he immediately shot himself in the foot, claiming to be a socialist. You'll never live that down, Bernie. They'll carry that even if you said it once at the very beginning of your campaign. They're going to find that tape and they're going to play right. it and they're going to scare yeah. everybody with it. And that's what they right, did, right. and that's why he lost. It's yeah. like. I could see that from day one, and I knew right. he, if he didn't stop, he'd already shot himself in the foot. And I thought, maybe we can get around this. And I kept saying, you need to stop. You need to stop this rhetoric. And he never did, and he never shut it down. You know, This reminds me of <clears> – you want to finish? And I, wanna yeah, finish. I was just going to say, I'd go to Bernie rallies, and there were these diehard socialists in there and you know, Marxists and people. I'm like – what are you guys doing here? Like, I, I don't want to be in your company. Like, you're not helping. <laughs> you're not helping. You're, you're, you're so screwed up. You're just as ideological, you know, such ideologues. You don't, you realize, you know, that both of those platforms have failed dramatically. We need capitalism, but we just need to balance it out with social programs. I don't want to go full on socialism. I don't want to go full on Marxist. I don't want to go communist. I'm like, that's bullshit. It, none of it never works. Like, look around. It doesn't work. You well, know? I mean, look, I mean, for example, Canada, you know, has socialized medicine. Yeah, but they're... they're that, that's they're, what Bernie's talking about. That's what he's really talking about. I know that, and you know that, but he's not saying it correctly. Right. He's not saying it correctly. You know, yeah. there was a... I, I think we might have talked about this before, but there was a poll taken in Canada. Who's, who's the greatest hero... Canadian hero, and it was it turned out to be the guy who created their medical socialized medicine. Oh, every wow. <laughs> he he won the vote as being the great this Canadian hero. Their their socialized medicine system, and oh, it, oh. they love him so much. 
Right. <laughs> that they consider I, I him the biggest hero of Canada, yeah. I remember hearing that. And the, lately, with this coronavirus, they have their, their version of Dr. Fauci comes on, and it's this scientific-y, you know, lab coat-ish kind of woman that comes on there, and she gives the daily report, the coronavirus report. And they love her. She's comforting. She tells them what's going on. She keeps it all above board. And, uh, you know, Fauci, I guess, has been doing that. I don't watch television enough to, to know what his schedule is, but I'm sure Trump likes to interject and give his own little opinions on, you know, drinking bleach and shit as often <clears throat> as he can. But, you know, Fauci, considering how much people are trusting Fauci being the only voice of reason, I can see why having someone come on that's more regular and more measured in their delivery, you know, to come on and give you a daily report, especially when you have socialized medicine as your main medical yeah. construct for the country, you know, it's comforting. You've got two levels of comfort there. You know you're taken care of if you do get sick, and you've got somebody coming on every day to tell you how not to get sick and what's happening for the people that, that are, you know. <laughs> it's a great little system. They just love this woman, but they give right. their their good wishes and, and condolences to people who've lost family members. Every time she comes on, every day, she gives this little report. And they, at the beginning of it, they say how sorry they are that the people who, who've suffered and blah, blah, blah. Trump has never said one thing. He's never even hardly admitted there is a virus. You know? Right, right. I know that's, that's hyperbole, but basically to the point where he's never even wants apologize to anyone or said I'm sorry or that's one point alone if you can vote for somebody who's never said anything that's uh, caring caring yeah never once or or said I'm you know I feel bad for the people or blah 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 not once right if you don't if you don't look at that one piece of evidence and say I can't vote for this man you are enabling evil and to enable yeah. evil, you're evil yourself. You, you know, it's clear he's an evil human being. I've mentioned this before, but I feel like there are uh, supernatural forces at play. And like I said, he's not out of the White House yet. Even when he is, he's going to keep fucking with things in the background. I know. He's I hope if he gets sent to jail, Biden. I hope he's, he isn't able to tweet from jail because he's just going to keep going on. Well, everybody says he's going to jail. I'll, I'll give you. I, I, I said if. I said if. Yeah, I know, but I'll, everybody's almost like counting on it. I'm like, I no. Think maybe like, if maybe his legal troubles will keep him from, you know, stoking the fires if he's occupied with his legal troubles after leaving office, you know? Well, he's going to leave that up to his lawyers, you know? He's going to get. Funding from well, his maybe he'll advance. be testifying at some point. Uh, It'll be fun to see him that, under oath. That, I want to see him under oath. I want to see that him would under be oath. fun. So then they can then they can pull a Bill Clinton <laughs> on him. They get him to lie, which he'll right. do. Yeah, and that's why they haven't let him testify because he's in, it's incapable uh, of he'll, telling. He'll lie him. about his name. <laughs> he'll right. lie from the first second. Right. <laughs> I'm not Donald Trump. <laughs> you got the wrong guy. <laughs> well, anyway, that sounds like a good place to wrap this first part of this episode. If you enjoy the podcast, be sure to like and subscribe and share the episode with your craziest and most creative friends. Also, stay tuned 
after the show for the Grey Matter Jukebox to listen in on a conversation with a Canadian citizen regarding a case-to-case comparison of the socialized Canadian healthcare system versus the private for-profit American health scare system. Until next time, don't stray too far because we may be crazy, but we may just be the lunatics you're looking for. Turn out the lights and good night, everybody. Radio Hour is a satirical sci-fi comedy variety talk show. The opinions used and conspiracy theories expressed on the program are solely for entertainment purposes and should in no way be construed as fact. Listeners are urged to do their own research and draw their own conclusions on the topics discussed. All material copyright Global Pandemic Productions 2020. Closing music by the All Human Parts Orchestra. Available on both Bandcamp and SoundClick.com. Hello, Mr. E. Who's calling, please? I'm a Canadian citizen. Okay, welcome. Thanks for calling. I understand you had something to say about our two health care systems. Yes. I work with a lot of American citizens. And just the handling of this whole COVID virus between the two countries um, has been really disconcerting to me because I have friends in both countries. Right. And... Um, <clears throat> You know, as you know, um, our borders are still closed to U.S. citizens. And so uh, I guess in some ways we built our own wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know a lot of Americans uh, had concerns that Trump's wall was going to end up keeping us in the country rather than keeping others out. Seems like Canada beat us to the punch. <laughs> time of day was this? This was <clears throat> late at night. This was two o'clock in the morning. Oh, oh. 
so you got us yeah. you got admitted that's that makes sense to getting getting admitted quickly but you had a, a specialist or did you say a specialist there in under an hour yeah. wow in under an hour and uh, my son goes in and has this surgery and um the doctor takes special care um and gave some extra treatments. And anyway, long story short, my son came out of surgery very well, but was intensive care for a little bit and then was moved into a private room. And a bed was brought in for me, and I stayed with my son for 14 days. And my son was then released, and we went home. And my son is perfectly healthy to this day. But then my American colleague tells me the story of what happened to them. And my colleague and his wife take their son to the hospital, and their son is screaming in pain. And they are left in the emergency waiting room for 20 hours, waiting to be seen. In the waiting room for 20 hours? 20 hours? Yeah. Oh, my God. With a screaming child? With a screaming child. Somebody should have just said, (laughs) we're tired of hearing this kid. Get him out of here. Anyway, then they got... They got admitted. He went in for surgery and came out of surgery and is admitted into the hospital for recovery. And I think they were not in a private room. I think there were no other patients in the room. And during his recovery process, um, got an infection. So they ended up being in the hospital 29 days, which makes sense um, because of the infection, a longer period of time. But that's the hospital's fault. You can't blame the family for that. No, no, you can't blame the These, was, how old? How old? Family. How old were the kids? Um, just mean, about a year. Uh, my oh, son just under a year, and his son just over a year. Oh, so they're like babies. Babies. Yeah. Coincidentally, our boys are about the same age. So this is happening up in Canada, and his is happening down in the states. Oh, okay. So, so it's a good comparison is what you're saying. It's a really good comparison because it happened about the same time. Okay. So the son is in the hospital then for 29 days down in the United States. Then when they were released from the hospital and went home, then the bills started coming. And he had really, really good health insurance, but they were in the hospital for so long. His really good health insurance didn't cover the whole cost of the stay for his son, and they received a bill for a hundred thousand dollars. So that wasn't the whole. That wasn't the whole procedure. That was just the part that wasn't covered. Yes. Now this is thirty-five years ago. My colleague wasn't even making a hundred thousand dollars. So unfortunately, he and his wife um, had to file bankruptcy. Okay. Yeah. And. Um, I mean, not okay, but. I hear that happens a lot. And as I'm hearing this story, like, my mouth is just dropped open because those things I didn't have to deal with. We got home, and all I had to focus on was his full recovery and just getting back into life. We never received any paperwork. We never received any billing. Nothing. It's all taken care of. Compared to being bankrupted by the whole process... And also doing all of the paperwork of the filing with the insurance companies. And, you know, I just I just think back to that time. Like, I would have no more been in the headspace to focus on filing paperwork um, for insurance companies. 
because it was a stressful time right. for both of us. Wow. Yeah. With this upcoming election, I've just heard over the years from so many of my American colleagues that, you know, the U.S. has the best health care system in the world. And I keep saying, well, how is that? And I ask them to explain it to me. And they just keep trying to convince me. And really what's happened is just a really good brainwashing has happened. And when I try and tell people I'm Canadian, I, I've been through this system a lot. And I know how it works. And they tell me I don't know what I'm talking about. But Americans know what they're talking about. They, they just know the Canadian health care system better than I do. Yeah. That's par for the course. And so, Mr. E, as people age in Canada, one of the things that um, our health care system allows is for people to live their lives without the worry of losing their home should they fall into any age-related health concern. And my mother was a classic example who ended up having extensive uh, health care her last five years as a result of a, a heart attack 20 years pre previous that. But she had 15 years of outstanding quality of life and her last five years she needed more intervention. But she was a lady who got to stay in her own home and continue baking right up until two weeks before she passed. She never had she was never bogged down with insurance claims. She was never bogged down with the fear of losing her home. And so people in Canada can grow old gracefully. And like I say, because I work so much with the American population, I hear these stories a lot. So I just wanted to share that. Well, you know, here they here we are in the middle of uh, our president trying to take our what what little health care we were able to get under the previous administration, trying to take it away from people, like right in the middle of a pandemic. So not only is he not doing anything to stop the pandemic, he's making it worse for low-income and middle-income people who rely on having that health care. He wants to take it away from them. So uh, it's completely backwards, if you ask me. So, uh, uh, But I appreciate Well, that's how I see it, too. So, I mean, I'm glad there's somebody else on this planet that sees eye to eye with me. But uh, stay healthy and, you know, thank you for calling in and for giving your perspective. I appreciate that very much. You're very welcome. You guys take care. Okay. Keep listening to the show. Will do. All right. Love it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.